What is IBNR? What does it stand for? What is a fair percentage? How does it impact renewal? And what happens on transition? In this episode, we're going to dissect the incurred but not reported claims reserve. So simply, IBNR, again, stands for incurred but not reported claims. What is this? <laughs> okay, let's back up. And it's going to be a tiny bit of benefits history that predates the internet. Before the internet, when people submitted claims, they would literally pay for something out of their own pocket and then fill out a piece of paper, a claim form, and then mail it or fax it into the insurance company or the claims payer and then wait for a check to come back in the mail. Yes, I know. It sounds ridiculous. So, you know, have you ever submitted expenses to your employer? You know how you kind of sit on them sometimes and there's this shoebox effect where you might be shoving receipts in a shoebox and then waiting until a time that you've got, you know, an hour or two to just sit down, itemize everything and send in the request for reimbursement. The same phenomenon happens with benefits. It used to happen a lot more before the internet. It happens a lot less now. So imagine it's the 90s. You've got um, plan members that have made claims put them in the shoebox, forgot to send them in. So regardless of if the plan member waits a day, a week, a month, or a year, or sometimes more, we do get claims that were three years old. It is the truth. Um, really what it means is like, well, that claim happened on a certain date. So let's say a plan member went to the dentist on January 1 and they spent $100. So that claim happened on January 1. But maybe they just haven't gotten around to sending it in until February or March. So that claim was incurred in July, but not reported until March. Get it? Incurred, but not reported. So why is this relevant in renewals and when you're getting group benefits plans to be quoted? It's relevant because when an insurer or carrier is asked to pay claims, they have to budget you know, a future projected cash flow of, well, how many claims are we going to be paying out so we know how much to charge? So once we've decided what the claims are in a calendar year period, they also budget for the shoebox effect. So, you know, in the 90s, it used to be a lot bigger. It used to be like 10% of claims would come in after the fact. Um, now, you know, with technology, everybody uses a drug card. Even with non-drug card items, there are providers that can just connect directly to the insurer. Um, the amount of claims that are incurred but not reported are a lot smaller. So technology has really shrunk this amount. When, you know, when we at Beneplan run the numbers on our own block of business with the insurance companies, we see that, okay, if you were to cut off the, you know, the date at December 31st, and then wait three months and count, okay, of all the claims that came in in January, February, March that were incurred before December 31st, it's on our block, it's really close to 5% of total claims for the calendar year of the prior year. So some years it's been 5.1%, some years it's 4.75%. Um, so really we're shrinking that. So when, it, you know, when an insurer is being hired, they're thinking, okay, if we get fired on December 31st, but our contract says that we agree to allow claims up to three months after the termination date for um, expenses that incurred or happened before the termination date, 
They want to budget what that is and they want to set money aside so that when they're fired, they have a little kitty to do that. Because of course, nobody wants to live in deficit. Uh, So, you know, in the first year with an insurer, they might not necessarily build in an IBNR reserve into the rates. But what most insurance companies do is they'll build in at the second renewal. So at the second renewal, they're thinking, okay, that's our opportunity because the group has just transitioned. They don't want to move again. Um, If they're going to be taking an increase, this is the year that they'll take the increase. So they go ahead and load in what they think is a fair IBNR. Now, I've seen IBNRs at um, 8%, 9% of claims, and I find that's common in the market. So when you're looking at your first year renewal with the carrier, if it's a 30% increase, well, you'll know that 8 or 9% of that is because of the IBNR reserve. So if you wanted to really get picky, you know, historically, I don't think there's a need for more than 5%. I get that carriers want to be conservative, but at Beneplan, we actually don't build in IBNR into the rates. We don't load it into the premium because we're a refund of surplus carrier and model. When there's a dividend or a surplus or a refund of premiums that's going to be paid to the customer, we'll actually take little bits and pieces from that every year until their target IBNR is fully funded. So, for example, if we have a group that has um, a target RBNR of $1,000, $1,000 equals 5% of their claims. In the first year, if their um, refund is zero, well, we actually don't capture any amounts because we don't, you know, we don't ask customers to pay back their deficits. We just wait until hopefully the second or third year when they are in surplus, then we will deduct that amount. But we actually don't deduct more than 10% of their refund in any one year to fund their IBNR. So let's say a group has been with us for a number of years. They've been in deficit for a few years. Um, They've got to fund their reserve at some point. So if they've got a $1,000 refund coming to them or a dividend, 10% of that is $100. We're going to subtract $100 and put that aside into their shoebox fund. So if their target reserve was actually $50, not $100, we're only going to take the $50. We don't take the $100 just for the sake of taking it. Um, The only exception is with brand new groups. So brand new groups in their first year, if they are in surplus, will take up to half of their dividend. And when I say we, I mean the cooperative, will take up to half of their dividend to fund their target IBNR, um, but not more than that. Because, you know, the thought of the board was, okay, we, we don't want to get stuck with the bill, but we also should be fair to groups that are expecting like a surplus because they came on board with that promise. So if you're talking to your other carriers and you're negotiating, you might want to see if you can shave some points off their IBNR target. They might want to see, well, okay, then therefore do we want to shorten the time period that we've got to allow claims after the termination date from maybe, you know, three months to two months or zero. I mean, that's all part of the discussion. And I really encourage you to have a fair discussion around that because there's absolutely nothing wrong with asking the question. There's, you know, the worst that's going to happen is that you're in the same position that you were previously. I think it's important for you to understand what the reality is of the situation. Um, Now, you know, if the group is one of those weird, rare groups that doesn't have a drug card. There are some legacy groups that for some reason the group refuses to put in place a drug card, mostly because the owners think that that's going to miraculously reduce their claims. Really, it doesn't. 
but that's a separate episode. Maybe we'll record a whole different one. Um, but then, yeah, that is a case where it is fair to ask for a little bit more IVNR because people are realistically like still using paper. Um, finally, IBNR does exist on other lines of benefits, not just health and dental. Um, it can exist for disability because with disability, again, like when there's a diagnosis that happens to someone and they're disabled as of a certain date, um, disability contract or well, long-term disability contracts have a waiting period. Uh, on average, it's four months. It can be six months or longer as well. But, um, you know, typically if a carrier is trying to build in their pool of reserves, they want to think, okay, so of our whole block of business, there are people that are disabled now that we're paying, but as of today, let's say today's January one, um, there are people that are became disabled today on January one that I won't know about until April one or May one. So, let's set some money aside to be conservative because statistically people are getting sick and disabled all the time, every day of the year. And, you know, the bigger your block is, the more that that will be true. Um, so money has to be set aside for that. Uh, life insurance can have IBNR, but I find, you know, it's a, such a short period because in reality, when somebody passes away, their family is going to be looking for the payout really sooner than later. You know, typically we're hearing about life claims the day after that the person passes away or a week after. Very rarely do you find people trying to find it uh, longer. And it, just because with group insurance, uh, there's a lot of documentation and accountability that you know the employer does do. So it might be a little bit different with individual life insurance. But you know that's effectively the concept of IBNR. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us at admin at beneplan.ca or call us at 1-800-387-1670. Thanks.